there's a couple of key principles that everyone needs to follow at any point, at any time, if they ever want to invest. The three principles that you need to follow are what I call the holy trinity, right? And that is cash flow positive properties, right? So your property must produce a net positive income. Secondly, you have to be in an area that is going to get good capital growth. Thirdly, you need to have the ability to manufacture some value in it in some way. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. Today, do I have somebody very special on the line? We're going to be talking all things property, property investment, We're going to be talking about life and his journey through life. Welcome to the show, Mr. Goose McGrath. G'day, Rick. Absolute pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, look, it's absolutely my pleasure. Now, uh, you and I were just talking about wine regions and uh, property uh, development, and we're going to be talking a lot about your experience with all of these things. But uh, um, you also have a very meaningful story that I think our listeners are going to get a lot of value from because they like to hear more about the person behind businesses uh, to give some context to the call. But um, before we jump into that, Goose, I'd love to share a little bit about um, things like your location, what you like to do in your downtime and things like that. Would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself with the My Future Business audience? Oh, I'd, I'd, absolutely, I'd absolutely love to. So um, I, I currently live in Bondi Beach in Sydney, but that's only a recent thing. I'm not actually from Sydney. Sydney's not my original home. And, and I, people talk to me about suburbs in Sydney, and I literally have no idea where they are. <laughs> and we, we moved to, me and my partner Gabby moved to Sydney um, just about a year ago, spontaneously, just because we, you know, we, we created flexibility within our business and we could. And so we moved to Bondi and we said I haven't really gone anywhere else since. But um, like my my passion my passion consists of a couple of very simple things learning and business and and property now that that's fairly that that largely consumes most of my time but but i'm really satisfied and happy with life as it is i mean we we get to enjoy our ability to to help other people we live in a beautiful place and and you know right now right now like life's pretty life's pretty good here in sydney that's fantastic. Do you uh, do they still film the uh, the Bondi show on the beach? Is that still a thing? You know what I think it is. I haven't had a television in fifteen years. Yeah, I don't right? watch so people, much. <laughs> no, so but uh, but um but uh, a lot of people get excited about it and they pointed a couple of them out. I think they certainly. I think some of the guys are there. I don't. I, I, yeah, I, I'm not familiar enough with the show. <laughs> with the show, but I think I think it's still a thing. Yeah. Well, that's interesting that you say that because oftentimes I hear those who are successful and busy living life, they don't often mm. spend too much time looking at the box because that's just a waste, isn't it? It it is. It is. I think. You know, I, I find it. I find it that's a very interesting conversation because my my dad when I was growing up. Um, when I was busy on the computer, we got our very first computer back when it was, you know, dial up internet uh. and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> and he was very much like, ah, oh, get away from that thing. It's going to rot your brain. Yet he would spend a lot of time uh, watching television. I have no, ostensibly no issue with people watching moving pictures, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think, I think that we, as with anything in life, it has to be purposeful. And I think that when things become... Uh, a complacent way to idly 
past the time, mm-hmm. I think that that's when it. I think that's when it can be uh, corrosive. So that may not be television. That could be drinking. That yes. could be any. That could be any number of things that are done without purpose, forethought, and uh, and direction. So, for example, if people want to, if people want to watch TV, like Netflix is great, for example, because you have to go. You go and select an item. Yeah. Um, and you and it's okay to switch off. I think. I think. I think. Um, I think the the beauty in life is the is the space between the notes, and I think it's important to try and take that in as well. But yeah, you, I think you've touched on a good point. I, very few people I know uh, spend a lot of time watching television. Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing this insight. It's it's wonderful. Now I, I'd love to switch gears if we could, Goose, and talk a little bit about um, your journey through life, as it uh, wasn't necessarily always roses, was it? No, absolutely not. But I think um, I, I'm absolutely enraptured with the journey that I've had through life. Um, and I think ostensibly I'm, I'm, I'm very, very blessed, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess a, a little bit of background on myself. Currently, uh, we run a, a business in the real estate space. We help, uh, we help people to build property portfolios. We can talk a little bit about that in a bit. But um, my background certainly wasn't in real estate and I wouldn't consider myself to be one of your typical kind of real estate guys. Um, I don't wear suits. I avoid wearing shoes. I like to go to the beach. I Beautiful. don't have a fancy car, not, any of that kind of stuff. But that the, my journey into this space came out of the back of a, of, of a pretty tumultuous time in my, my own life. I mean, I, I, I left school early um, because I started my own business and I knew what I wanted to do. And I, I started a company. I, in fact, we, we actually had companies in in three continents and we were organizing music and arts festivals all over the world. And, you know, we did stuff, everything from, you know, Olympics to million person events for the Malaysian government and like some really big wild stuff. Big stuff. Yeah, totally. But um, that was sort of from when I was about 17 through to when I was just, uh, just, just around about 30 years old. Now that, 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 that decade or so, that sort of 13 years was uh insanely fun but also insanely taxing and at the end of it um i had developed a pretty significant um drug and alcohol problem Mm -hmm. i had a failed marriage all of that kind of stuff and um and i found myself basically broke (laughs) broke a, a broke depressed drug addict living on his office floor with uh with with nothing with nothing to show for it and no one to turn to it was pretty grim um Funnily enough, right about that time, I met my uh, the, now the the love of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name's Gabby, my partner, and mm-hmm. the, I started to sort of try and dig my way out of where I was I, with her help. I absolutely I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Gabby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. Um, and then uh, and then that kind of said I was on a quest to go. Okay, well maybe there's something more. I was working hundred hour weeks. I was burnt out. Like you know, life was life was not life was not all roses. Uh, I ended up through that whole process. Uh, Gabby and I went and, um, we decided we we're going to do whatever a young couple does, you know, we're going to get on the property ladder and we're going to, you know, we're going to do all that, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, and we, we had this, we had this belief that I think a lot of people in Australia have the property doubles every seven to 10 years. And I remember having a conversation with my business partner at the time. I'm like, this is right. Yeah. Property just doubles every seven to 10 years. So it doesn't matter what you buy, just buy anything and off you go. And we genuinely thought that was, that was the depth of our, our strategy, <laughs> which was, um, which was great. And, and the net result of that is that Gabby and I bought the wrong property in the wrong place at the wrong time and lost oh. a bunch of money that we borrowed our friends and family. <laughs> um, so, which was, which was great. Cause that was the catalyst that kind of led us on this journey and right straight pretty much from that point. Um, and in the subsequent 12 months after that, um, I ended up, bankrupting two business well not 
collapsing two businesses yep. um, and kind of found myself at a point where I was at that turning point and went, okay, I've got to go and, and, and I'm going to rebuild and I'm going to rebuild on, on passion. So yeah, and I've been sober now for a few years and life's good. Wonderful. That's excellent news. I mean, I think what you have is an appreciation of um, value and love and support. And I think those different perspectives allow you to think clearer. Would you agree with that? Mm. Yeah, I think so. I, 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 I think so. I think, I think that um, you said something there, perspective. I think perspective is very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I don't, I don't, I genuinely don't believe there's any, uh, uh, I don't believe there's a failure. A lot of people say like, there's no such thing as failure. It's all lessons and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I failures for whatever and whatever terminology you want to use them can be extremely painful at the time, but I have never had a challenge in my life that I haven't grown to become extremely grateful for. And yeah. that has, that has built within myself, uh, an internal locus, uh, of understanding that anytime I feel resistance, friction challenge or whatever, it's, um, it, it, it is actually, there must be something good in there. So I've actually become, come to enjoy it. And that's allowed me to, to embrace life and, and to give love as much as receive love. And yeah, I think I'm very grateful for, for, the life that I've got and everything. You touched on a locus of control. I haven't heard that in many, many years. Now, life was happening to you, and then all of a sudden, the locus of control, you learnt about that somewhere along the line, and then you've embraced that you're responsible for everything that happens. Was that a profound moment for you? Um, you know what? I've had that for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I, so I actually, I actually, um, that that really that that idea that I was going to be the, that that every single human being is the absolute master of their own destiny and and that locus of control idea that actually came when I was um, fourteen years old and I broke my back in a motorbike accident mm -hmm. um, and I and I had no idea like I had no idea what life was going to hold for me and I, I was in bed for a very long time I had yeah, a lot of imagine thoughts. Uh, and, and it was literally, as, and I, as soon as I could walk again, I mowed lawns until I had enough money to hire a whole, I lived in a small country town until I had enough money to hire a hall and started putting on concerts and started, started a business, you know, and that was the start of me going, you know what, if I have no idea how long this life is going to be and whatever happens, I'm going to be in control of mastering that, that experience, and that destiny, you can get lost along the way, which is what happened to me as well. Like mm -hmm. I, my my path veered and I found myself at a point where I was like, wow, this is, I didn't, I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention to what was going on here. And now I need to turn it back. And I think that anytime you have those, those moments, it's, um, it's extremely important. I've had a few moments like that in my life. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a couple of key ones when I was 14. And then obviously when I, when I made a very strong decision to turn my life around and to, and to go to sobriety, change my business, change my life. This is where um, the value of the My Future Business show comes to the fore, Goose, because we have people on the line who are startup entrepreneurs, small to medium-sized business yeah. owners, and uh, they get a lot of value about hearing the real-life story behind, I guess, behind the curtain. So thank you very much for sharing. Now, I want to shift gears because um, you have uh, been very successful as a wealth creation expert and property portfolio development uh, guy. I'd love to talk a little bit about that. And, and given the current climate that we are all existing through globally at the moment, what sort of challenges and what, what's the pulse on the ground for pro, uh, property um, development at the moment? 
I'm going to preface everything I say um, with a, a caveat. Mm-hmm. Whilst, whilst I have a positive outlook uh, on a lot of things, I am absolutely not one of those um, head in the sand uh, people that's constantly screaming, buy now, buy now, property is great, property is great. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not, that, is not my, that is not my view. But with that being said, um, we are definitely in a very interesting time, right? We're in a very, very interesting time in the global economy and the Australian economy. And there are a lot of moving parts. You know, there's, there's a lot more to property uh, investment. And even if we just take a little step back, like, like property investment is, is all, all property investment is, is a vehicle. Okay. So property, building a property portfolio, buying, buying investment properties, doing all that kind of stuff. That is not the, that is not the goal right? That is just a vehicle, right? And yeah. this is a business show as well. So, so business is an amazing vehicle for generating cash flow, right? And, uh, and this is, this is actually, I was having a good conversation with a friend of mine uh, last night who is also a business owner. And, and this is a common thing that happens with business owners. They, they, they start their business, they struggle, they work out, they invest so much time, energy, effort, money in working out how to grow a business and all of that kind of stuff. And then they, and then they start making profitability and then they start, start saying, then what? So, Business is really great for cash flow, typically, right? And then you've got to think about, okay, well, what else can I do? What, like, what is the point in my whole life, right? So then you've got to answer the question of, of then what? So, so real estate to me is, 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 is a vehicle to a life of fulfillment. It is not the, it's not the goal, right? So with all, with all of that being said, I think that um, more than ever, people need to, need to understand like what is, what is their intention when they're going into property and, and what, do they, what do they want to get out of it? Now, Circling, but I know I ramble a little bit, so you have to try and keep me on track. But <laughs> to to circle back to your point, you know, you said there was a it's a very interesting time for property right now, and I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I think that um, if I can kind of cut to the point of the question, it was kind of like, is property still is, yeah, is well, it's like yeah, what, because it's it's it is it still viable? If you look at the um, um, overseas influences with certain yep. countries. Um, and how it's affecting our government's responses, um, in turn, our own economic situation because of pandemic. So many moving parts, as you've mentioned, so many elements to mm-hmm. consider. People are not opening their wallets, per se. Yeah, totally. So here's a couple of uh, observations over the last, um, what is it now, six months that we've been going through this roughly, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. call it that. Yeah. Um, so so in the last six months now full disclosure uh back in march when when all of this stuff really started kicking off um we had a bunch of clients that we were buying properties for and i actually said to every single one of our clients i said i'm not buying anything stop which sounds a little counterintuitive for someone whose business model is based around helping people to buy properties but i was Mm -hmm. like look there's there's a lot of change um i am not prepared to march headlong into a situation that I don't understand the mechanics of, and I will not put you at risk in that way. So I said, we're going on pause, and I don't know how long we're going to go on pause for, but I'll let you know when it's time to go. Good, great. So we did that. Anyway, I took a few weeks out and really sort of looked at it. Now, some some parts of the economy are uh, suffering more than others, right? And this is very, this is very uh, typical of any movement in the economy. We're a very large country with a very divert with like with many many markets. We've probably heard those kind of terminologies before. There are mm-hmm. markets within markets within markets, and the 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 problem 
that I've seen is the is that the media focuses singularly when they talk about property, they focus singularly on on Sydney and Melbourne, which makes sense because that's where their offices are, and that's where the greatest levels of population density are. But you got to remember, there's 17 million people that live outside Sydney and Melbourne, right? Oh yeah. So, so most of the country is not Sydney and Melbourne, and this 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 picture that gets painted is, I think, a, a very dark one. Um, but if you just focused on Sydney and Melbourne and said that that was your your singular worldview, it I would I would not wholeheartedly disagree with the media sentiment. And I'll get back to that in a moment. Mm-hmm. One thing I've noticed though that since the since the pandemic and everything like that started is a couple of things. So, firstly, less people are selling properties. Okay, so a lot of people talk about this being a a, a buyer's market and everyone's there's houses foreclosing everywhere and oh my god. It's yep, just, that's yep. just not, it's just not true. Like that, I don't care who's saying it, that is a lie. Yep. Right? That is just not true. There are less people selling properties now than ever before. There are home, the homeowners, people who wanted to go and buy a home as opposed to an investment property, they still wanted to go buy a home. Now, you've got to remember, most people are still employed. Unemployment rate has gone up to 7.4%. We haven't broken the 10% barrier. Yes, I understand that's propped up by government stimulus. Like I get it, yep. right? but that doesn't change it doesn't change the fact that it is right now. So, so homeowners are still trying to buy properties. There are less people selling properties. And also there are still a lot of property investors who want to get in the market. And also there are more first home buyers than ever before because of all of the stimulus that's going towards first home buyers trying to get into the market as well. The net result of all of that is that it's, uh, that it's, it's flipped the market around in a very unique way where it's harder to buy a property now than ever before. Ever before. In most parts of the country, vacancy rates are, are lower than they were 12 months 12 months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, in most parts of the country, property prices are higher than they were 12 months ago. You know, like and and this is uh, I think this is the 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 unpainted picture. I say most because notably the areas where the vacancy rates are higher uh, than they were 12 months ago, Sydney and Melbourne, mm-hmm. and there are some suburbs in Sydney and Melbourne which are going to going to and are experiencing high rates of mortgage distress and and all of that kind of stuff but this is the that's the micro not the macro does that kind of give you a bit yes, of yes absolutely absolutely that's wonderful feedback thank you so much it's interesting that you say that the prices have been driven up and you know you just wouldn't think it you would think there was opportunity abounds but i think this is about now becomes a bit of a mindset game doesn't it as a as an investor somebody's looking to wealth create um you know what should somebody be thinking? How should they be thinking? What should they be thinking of if they're looking to go into this at the moment? Should we hold off all these types of things? What can you share with us? Yeah, so that's a that's a really great question. And um, many of my clients, even ones who like aren't buying property right now, but we bought recently and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They've been calling me up going, basically help, help because I keep getting bombarded by so much. You know, you get people like Harry Dent, you know, the 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 greatest doomed doomsday um, uh, <laughs> forecaster in, in our his, in our history. Um, you get all these kind of people that are telling everyone that the world's going to end, the world's going to end, the world's going to end. And even the most robust, the people with the most robust mindset, they're on Facebook and it's just getting smashed at them. And I've had, literally had our clients calling me up, going, "Goose, I need some, I need some help because I'm starting to get scared." I mean, yeah. and they know that it's just a mindset game. So there's a couple of things. There's a couple of things that I would say. I I, I always look to the facts, right? I try not to. I actually have been on a on an information diet largely for the last few months because it's been very unhealthy to be constantly bombarded by um, the media noise and negativity. So social media and all of that kind of stuff. I say look at the facts, right? So when you want to 
there's a couple of key principles that everyone needs to follow at any point, at any time, if they ever want to invest now, next year, if you've got a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, doesn't matter. The three principles that you need to follow are what I call the Holy Trinity, right? And mm-hmm. that is cash flow, cash flow positive properties, right? So your property must produce a net positive income, not after depreciation, not after that, that the revenue that it generates must exceed the expenses. It must have a net operating income, right? Simple for a business owner to understand. Secondly, you have to be in an area that is going to get good capital growth. I'll come back to that because this is going to be the key thing you got to think about in this kind of environment. Yeah. And thirdly, thirdly, you need to have the ability to manufacture some value in it in some way. Now that could be that could be through a small cosmetic renovation like carpet, paint fixtures and fittings, or it could be all the way scale that up to like a small development or something like that. There's a variety of different complexities. Those three elements, when you get all three of them working together, you pretty much can't go wrong. You will be absolutely buffeted uh, or buffered against economic downturns, um, political changes, or anything like that. Because anytime that anytime that something changes, you have two other two other legs in the stool which can prop up your investment. So if, for example, the economy goes sideways, you can potentially manufacture some equity or some more cash flow and stuff like that. Yeah, so. Yeah. They're the three principles that everyone needs to follow. And if you can kind of think of that, that, that makes it very easy to identify the right opportunity. Now, if you're thinking about getting into the market right now and you're, and you're like wondering, okay, but is it good? Is it not good? What I would say is, is, is look at the facts and look at the data. So there are many parts of the country right now where vacancy rates are decreasing a lot, right? Like I don't mean just like marginally. I mean like there are some suburbs that we've been buying properties in where the vacancy rate is literally 0%. And what that means is that there are zero properties available to rent in that environment and there is an extreme, that's, big, that's due to high demand as opposed to some places in the country where there's like 16% vacancy rate, which is extremely high. And then you've got to look at what is going to cause people to go to that area. And because because it's very easy to kind of to kind of get caught in a, a short spot short spiking mm-hmm. trends. Mm-hmm. So for example, you're gonna go, well, that might be all good, well and good now, but is this just symptomatic of the current environment? Is this just an anomaly? Well then you've got to go, okay, well that's fine. Why would people want to live there? And you've got to look for you've got to look for a number of core drivers, largely around um, you know, jobs, lifestyle, all of that kind of stuff. Okay, is this sustainable and is this long term sustainable? And the other thing I would I would suggest and this is very high level. Obviously, there's a lot to lot to get lot to take in out there. Yeah, the the other thing that I would uh, encourage people to think about is not just look for low vacancy rates, not just look for high yields, and not just look for all of that kind of stuff, but look for long term uh, diversified economic stability. So what I mean by that is there are some there are some parts of the country right now, you know, mining areas, for example, like Port Hedland and. Tom Price and all of this kind of stuff where the market is extremely, it's, right, it's really good. If you just looked at all the, the numbers, you would go, bang, I'm going to put my money there. But it's a single point sensitive economy. And this is one of the things that I always encourage people to, to avoid is you want to always look for an area that has at least three, uh, three significant industries so that if any one of them changes, you're not going to, you know, the, the industry is not going to collapse. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful insight. That's not something that people would generally think about, nor would, um, you know, once you've got your, I guess, your finger in the pie, you've got your first property. Do you uh, manage it yourself? Do you have a property manager? What would you say to that? Always have a property manager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's not even, it's not even a question in my mind. Always have a property manager. And a lot of, here's, here's one of the biggest mistakes I see a lot of people make 
particularly when they're starting out investing is they think, look, I, just for my first one, just for my first one, right? <laughs> I, I, want it, I, I want it to be nearby. And I asked, okay, so, so what, why? Why? Well, just <laughs> so I could look at so, it. <laughs> yeah, just 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 in just in case. And I'm like, hang on a second. Do you want to go around there and look in, look like look through the wind, look through the curtains? And I, so yeah, are you a creep? And I always say to people, do you own any shares? It's like, well, yeah, most people own some. Yeah, yeah. Some, some a couple hundred bucks or whatever. I'm like, how, how, when was the last time you went and visited your shares? And they're like, oh, yeah, light bulb he, moment. Totally, because here's the thing. The other, the other reason a lot of people want to uh, have a property that's close to me is just in case something goes wrong. And to that, I say, are you a handyman? Are you, are you going to go and unblock the toilet? Is that what you're planning on doing? Now, when you, when you decide to manage a property yourself, you're essentially taking on a second job. This is not what people want to do. Unless you have some burning desire that you've always wanted to be a property manager <laughs> or you've always wanted to be a, a handyman, then, then don't do it because ultimately you are all you are trying to do is employ yourself in another job. And I think that actually lends back into a really, um, uh, a really big thing that all business owners, owners need to consider is like, what is your effective hourly rate? You know, if your effective hourly rate in your business is that you can, by focusing your time, energy, and efforts in your business, I don't know, I don't know, maybe just say generate a thousand dollars in, an, yeah. in an, an effective hour, right? Yeah. If Anything that costs less than $1,000, you should consider outsourcing. I can, I can absolutely tell you that doing a cosmetic renovation, going and blocking a toilet or holding open homes for your, for your, for, to get tenants into your property, that's a lot less. That is a lot less than like $1,000 an hour. And I would, I would strongly recommend that that's not the highest and best use, particularly of a business owner's time. Unless you've got a, unless you've got a real like just genuine interest interest in that, in that or you're a tradie <laughs> and you know what to do yeah. right, it's exactly. one, it's wonderful that you talk this way because you've you've shifted people's um i guess mentality away from a oh you know this sounds like a good idea to actually embracing a business and money mindset so thank you very much for sharing that sage information i have a question about residential versus commercial is that something yep. that you should stay in your own lane? If you're a mum and dad investor, should you uh, not venture into commercial and vice versa? That is a that is a very good that is a very good question, Rick. Um, predominantly, what what I do is I help people to invest in residential real estate. However, I don't I I have a very non dogmatic approach to real estate. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't a lot of people uh, a lot of uh, professionals spruikers people who've got a course what whatever whatever the case may be yeah they they focus first and foremost on a tactic so their tactic might be commercial property or it could be renovate for profit or it could be um boarding house conversions or it could be um small developments and they'll have one tactic that they focus on and they will shout from the rooftops that this one tactic is the truth the right and the way, and that's the only thing you're ever going to need to do to, to get to the promised land of a life of fulfillment. And I think they're all wrong, every single one of them. I mm -hmm. think that all of those tactics, I think that all of those tactics work and are fantastic, but in the tapestry of a life, you cannot eat one meal for your whole life, right? It just doesn't work. You don't have the requisite nutrition. You get weak in certain areas. And the same thing goes for your property portfolio. So I believe the commercial has a place. But I think that place gets, I think it gets misplaced. And so I spoke a moment ago about the Holy Trinity principles, right? So rather mm -hmm. than having a tactic, rather than having tactics like, okay, renovate for profit, operate from a set of principles and that allows you to view things from a, view things from a higher level. So follow those principles, cash flow positive, high growth area, value add potential. 
Now, commercial property can be very cash flow positive. Like any investment, you need to be uh, you need to be very sensitive to the risks associated with it and to the complexities. So right now, I would suggest that in commercial, there are some industries or some types of commercial that are much less stable than others. You know, yep. there are some very inherently stable commercial assets, so stuff in essential services like medical and health and education. They're great commercial assets because they're very stable because they, they, they lend into people's essential human needs. Retail, a little more challenging. Mm-hmm. Now, now, the question there is, is should a mum and dad investor or... In fact, any investor have commercial in their portfolio? And I believe the answer is yes, but I just believe it's just not where people think it should go. There are three phases that every person needs to walk through on their property portfolio journey. And I really don't care who they are, where they're starting or what. The foundation level is really about getting the, you know, getting, getting, building up your skills, you know, their cheaper properties, good yields, all of that kind of stuff, and really getting your financial and emotional fortitude in the right way. Mm -hmm. The second phase is what we call the acceleration phase. That's stuff like granny flats, small developments, duplexes, you know, things a little bit more more complex. The final step is stuff like stuff like commercial and larger developments. And the reason that that's the final step is because you need to build up the right amount of equity in your residential portfolio to be able to sequester that profit into commercial to have an income replacement strategy without stop getting yourself stuck along the way. Yeah, so I can see how much knowledge and depth and breadth that you would need to acquire in a fairly rapid amount of time. And I think it would be remiss of people to um, go it alone if there's people like you around. Now, I've um, spent some time uh, looking at uh, your resources on your website, Goose. I'd love to shift gears and, and maybe talk a little bit about that along with your book, Limitless. Yeah. Awesome. What would so, you like to talk about specifically? I'd, I'd just like to know uh, what's inside the Limitless book. So uh, Limitless, The Renegade's Guide to Building Wealth Through Property is my first book. And I say first because I've got, I reckon I've got a lot of books in me. Um, <laughs> Um, that, that book is largely uh, designed to help people to change their thinking paradigms in a big way. Mm-hmm. So it's roughly, it's, uh, it goes pretty deep into my um, uh, story and the challenges that I overcame. And then it goes into, there's a lot of personal development, personal development stuff in there as well. Um, so how to, to define your pathway and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I've had some pretty seasoned um some pretty seasoned professionals in that area also uh, say that this is, it's been very, uh, it's been very life changing for them to read that as well, which has been really amazing feedback. And then it goes into much more about like property mechanics. Okay. So like, what are the things you need to know? Like, (laughs) should you negatively gear? And the answer is no. I'll give you a little quick tip on that one. (laughs) Um, A whole bunch of other stuff. And then it goes into the, the tactics and tools and strategies that allow you to understand all of these principles and to get ahead. So it even tackles, it tackles stuff like the Holy Trinity, tackles stuff, the, the, the three phases of every property portfolio. We talk about stuff like practical economics, how to build a scalable property portfolio. The, the aim for the book is to help people who don't really, who, who are at a point in their life, whether they're a business owner or, or whatever, who are at a point in their life going, okay, what am I like? What am I doing now? And what is the rest of my life going to look like? How can I work that out? And then how can I use property as a vehicle to to get me there? I I can see as a an, a, an investor myself, a residential mm. investor, and I I see there are some complexities. Now, um, getting this book is one step to I guess unraveling the mysteries of property development portfolio. Um, 
when people want to actually contact you, what will be the process that you take them through? Well, that's a good, that is a good question. So, so um, there's a couple of things I would say as a little precursor to that. We've mm. got a, we, we produce a podcast as well. Um, and for people who are just really early stages and just want to like start to uh, immerse and percolate in that kind of information and just start to, because it takes a little while, right? It takes yeah, a while. Yeah. For, for people who want to percolate, I would suggest just head to the investorlab.com.au and, and start listening to the podcast. Check that out. It's, it's super valuable. Once you got to a point where you're like, okay, cool, right? I'm, I'm good. Perhaps I've read the book and I've listened to the podcast and all that kind of stuff. Then uh, the best bet is to, is to jump on a 15-minute call with either me or one of my team so that we can understand where you're at. Now, the 15-minute call that we, we have with people, is just a, it's basically like a head check. Okay, do you need more information? Where are you at on your journey? Have you spoken to a broker? Have you, are you financially prepared? All of that stuff is designed because a lot of people try and run before they can walk. So that's our way of sort of giving people the first sort of health check. And then after that, we'll, we'll, jump, uh, we'll jump on a longer, uh, a longer strategic discussion to try and work out, okay, what's the best next step? Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, this is a conversation and uh, knowing all the different layers that there are involved with this, this is just a, mm. uh, I guess, a bit of a teaser for everybody who's on the show uh, with us today, Goose. But um, with all that being said, and knowing as much as you do, if you were on the call today and you're wondering about this, in, especially in the times that we're working through at the moment, I would certainly make sure to reach out to Goose at theinvestorlab.com.au. I will be making the links back to Goose and his wonderful team of available below this post no matter where you see it you will find the links back to goose goose in closing what a wonderful call thank you so very much for spending some time with me on the my future business show today my absolute pleasure thanks so much for having me on thanks for joining us today if you enjoyed the call then make sure to subscribe leave a comment share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews and if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.